Howie G with the Golf Insiders. And uh, my next guest probably is one of the busiest women on the planet this week. She is the Director of Operations for Winged Foot Golf Club. Quite a prestigious job, and it's a pleasure to welcome Lily Braswell to our podcast. Lily, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Holly. Well, we are on the eve of the 120th U.S. Open, the 2020 U.S. Open. Um, take me through a little bit of the preparation um, given the pandemic and the industry-wide shutdown, um, you know, having to move the tournament from June to September and all that was involved in that because, you know, we know New York was hit so hard in the early part of COVID-19 and this was, you know, up in the air for quite a while as to whether or not um, the U.S. Open would happen at Wingfoot. Yes, I mean, Holly, this was this has been a very long road. The USGA started coming on property, uh, I'm going to say, two and a half years ago, and they officially moved in right after Shinnecock. So it, it's it's been a couple years of planning and working, you know, with them as, as partners, and they've been wonderful partners on the logistics and, and of course, set up and, and – you know, plans on how to get, you know, close to 40,000 people into property every day to all of a sudden, and by the way, all these plans were pretty much set and ready to be implemented, you know, by January, February, and then March comes along and just, you know, brings this, this craziness to our world, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, gosh, what are we gonna do? So it was a moment of, like, um, uncertainty we didn't know what was what was going to happen it was going to was it going to get better was it going to get worse <coughs> excuse me we we didn't really we didn't have a grasp at that point of, of how big this was going to be um however we were just we're just a few miles away from new rochelle which was the epicenter of coronavirus right. so um and we actually lost an employee to the virus so it, it mm. it's very very close to mm. um to us and and it made us very aware of, of what the dangers and and and, the, and and how sneaky this virus can be we had a few people that, that contracted it luckily they all you know, are back to work and healthy, but, um, it, it was, it was a scary time for us. And, you know, the fact that everything was being canceled around us and, and we didn't know how we were going to be able to fit another, you know, championship in the, in the schedule, you know, that, as you know, the PGA tour has been pretty busy. There's an event every weekend. So unless something else got uh, canceled, we, there was going to be no time for an open. So when word came out that the open was being canceled, it was, you know, pretty much like, well, can you guys do it? And we're like, you were like, yes, we'll do whatever we want this to happen. So um, we we jumped in the up into the opportunity of doing this. Um, USGA, of course, was you know like uh, excited to, to to do it. And but even after that, after we we had a date and and we like, are right, we're gonna this is gonna happen. Up to like a couple weeks ago, there was still that uncertainty. I'm like, well, this is really gonna happen. Like, what happens if all of a sudden we have an outbreak in the Maranek and um, all of a sudden the players decide not to come? You know, we don't want to be close to it. It's too dangerous. It, it, there's so many variables. 
Um, so we're super excited that the day is finally here. Tomorrow's day one. We've had a, a, a few practice rounds in the last couple of days. It's been great to have the players and the USGA and the press around to to see you know the excitement about uh, bringing something back to New York. Bringing so I know you're you're from here, so you know that you know. New Yorkers were very proud. I'm adopted New Yorker, but I'm calling myself a New Yorker. Yes, uh, we're, we want to bring some excitement to, to, to you know to, to our city, Abs- to our town. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, two years ago we were at Chinnacock, and I know what it was like to you know manage all of those fans um, at at that time. And you know, we, we know New York fans are a, a special group, and um, you know, very passionate about golf as well as just passionate sports fans. Um, you know, up to what point, I'm sh- I know they were, you know, the PGA and the USGA were, you know, hoping by this time that fans would, you know, be allowed. Uh, when when um, was that determined, fans, no fans? So it, we, it, was, it was our hope that the, the, the governor would allow to have some fans on property. You know, that's part of the sport. You know, it's part of like when you watch these, 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 these tournaments on TV and, and somebody makes, you know, like when John Ron made that great pod just several weeks ago, you, you miss the like roar of the crowd. Exactly. Um, it's part of the sport and, and it's a little bit awkward not to have it. But we understand that that part of bringing New York back to where we are with the cases are so low now and we're in such a good path that allowing fans, you know, transportation, accommodations, and and we know that that is something that that the governor was trying to to avoid. Um, Even without fans, we're still probably going to get about 2,000 people every day here between the players, the caddies, coaches, uh, media, staff, um, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it sure is. Well, um, if anybody's been watching the TV coverage up to this point, uh, not only is Winged Foot one of the finest tests of golf, an iconic golf course, but the clubhouse, OMG, Lily, you get to go work there every day. It is just a, a beautiful, beautiful piece of architecture in itself. I've been in the clubhouse. I've played the, the course and, um, you know, just what an opportunity. And you've been there 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you. So you, you have to come back, Holly, after this is over and see what we have done to the clubhouse. We actually, after all the restorations that we've done, we invested over $40 million in the, in the property and included everything from the restoration of both of the golf courses to employee housing, a new caddy center, a new pool, a new kitchen, wow. uh, renovation of the locker rooms. Uh, a new turf care facility, and a part of it was a, a renovation of the clubhouse. So um, just think about everything that you've seen in the past. It it has been completely transformed, not modernized, but brought to almost the original intent of what the architect had with, with the clubhouse when, when it was built. And Clifford Wendehack, who was the architect of, 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 of our clubhouse, had this vision in mind that when you stand on the clubhouse and you look right and you look left, you see windows and you see green outside. And when your eye comes through the clubhouse, that that 
those colors from nature, those greens and those browns and those tans will carry through. And, and that's what we have done now. So there's no more blue inside. We still have our iconic white and blue awning. But in the inside, you see most of the colors that you see in a golf course. And um, I think the biggest compliment that we probably got after the re renovation of the clubhouse, we had our most senior member that is going to be here tomorrow, and this is going to be his fifth U.S. Open. Wow. He came in and said, "This clubhouse looks just like when it looked, just like when I was a kid." Got a lot. And that to me was just like, "Wow, we've done a good job." So um, it, it looks fantastic. We, we are so proud of, of you know sharing it with with. 144 of the best golfers in the world um and like any other opens they're actually taking over the clubhouse this time around so they are um they're in the lockers or in our dining areas or grill room you know that they're they're pretty much anywhere inside um it was part of the plan um just so they can stay in one area without having to go from 10 to 10 and try to you know control the exposure that they would have so it's uh, it's kind of exciting for us to have them in here and and uh you know it's an honor and a privilege to, to you know share a little bit of our history and uh, and our excellent food and beverage uh, program by the way that's that that too i think they're enjoying it oh uh, i have no doubt um let's speak about that for a minute um you your your background is um in the restaurant industry uh, you went to the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, uh, one of America's best. And um, how did you transition into the world of uh, highly acclaimed private clubs? I was actually some, I was working in a restaurant here in Westchester County. And one day I got a call saying, um, this club is looking for somebody to manage their food and beverage department. Would you be interested? And I honestly had never thought about it um, until, you know, I think 10, 10 years ago or maybe 15 years ago, private clubs didn't have the best reputation in what, in terms of food and beverage, they were kind of like, everybody thought they were dated and old. And, and I think that that changed dramatically in the last few years. And I thought, well, you know, why not, you know, get into this challenge? We have these clubs, a lot of these clubs in Westchester that, that yeah, their members are, 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 you know, guys that, that work in the city and they take the trains and they're expecting the same level of service and the same level of, of food that they would get in the city. So what, why not try to, to replicate that? So I did that at the club that I was before. And while I was working there, I got a call, you know, from somebody at Wingfoot that, they wanted to talk to me because they were doing the same transition that I did from restaurant to club. I'm like, oh, sure. That's not, I'd love to talk to you and, you know, give you what I, you know, the challenges that I found, what I, what I found easy and what I found difficult to, to do. And uh, that conversation ended up into two conversations, three conversations. The next thing you know, I'm like, it's all of a sudden, I don't know why I was a little slow at that time. It's like, oh, my God, I think this is a job interview. Um, I love so, it. That that actually led for you know to me to be hired ten years ago, and and it's been a wonderful ride. Well, as uh, as someone who was, uh, I I would say a pioneer in the golf industry um, on the marketing side, when um, you know there were very few women in this business in the early nineties, um, you know, and it's become um, better in terms of I would say. Um, you know, uh, representatives uh, in in the business from the equipment side and the apparel side, and of course uh, buyers in the pro shops. But 
I would imagine um, that your part of the industry's been a little slower to uh, come up to speed with with women in the industry. Yes, I I, I have to agree. I, I am one of a few, um, especially in the golf um, um, golf clubs. I think there's a little more like the social clubs and the city clubs. They have a little more of of a female presence. Um, I hope that you know this is a turning point, and, and I have a wonderful team of women women that work for me, and I hope that I'm inspiring them to to become bigger and better and, and make their mark in their own way in the golf world. Love it, love it. Um, share with me a little bit more about what the director of operations does. I know uh, you're, you know, certainly a big piece of the job is golf outings and events which you alluded to earlier like how are you even going to you know uh move the u.s open this isn't like your uh member member um to uh september but uh just you know all the different aspects uh, that have been involved in um this in in your you know your your uh, roles and responsibilities, and and especially getting ready for this U.S. Open. So yeah, I have been since the beginning. I'm very grateful to the board and and the general manager to allow me to be so involved and be uh, you know hand in hand with um, with the USGA and the planning of this this championship since day one. Um, I remember sitting with the USGA folks that were moving here from Shinnecock discussing, you know, where should they move? Where should they live? Should they live in Mamaroneck? Should they live in White Plains? Should they live in Norwalk? Um, so it, it has been an interesting process. Um, on top of my regular job, uh, I now am people lucky. People don't realize how, you know, the USGA actually comes and moves in to start oh, the yes. preparations. Oh yes, we we they they build our temporary offices just off the, to the right of one east uh, fairway right here on property, and they have been here for I don't know a year and a half maybe, mm-hmm. um, and so it, it is a long process. There is a lot of planning that goes into place, and um, you know, and, and the whole point of it is that you know you you get all the planning done, and by Let's, I, in normal times, I would think by mid-March, you would say, okay, we're ready to go. We're just fine-tuning little details. And then you you, 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 know, you flip the switch and make it happen in June. Um, and then everything changed. And, and all of a sudden, all these plans that you have worked on for two years pretty much go down the drain and you have to start fresh. Wow. And that's on top of your regular job, which as you mentioned before, I do a lot of the golf outing business and, and that's you know, that's in, that's significant to the club and, and you're trying to think how do you book golf outings during a pandemic and how, how do you make that happen and how do you try to bring a little bit of revenue to the club? So it was um it was challenging, but we made it happen. We adjusted with the tee times. We we implemented this this idea of golf and go. So, um, you know, we had our regular you know outing groups that would normally have a shotgun at 11 a.m. They would, you know, spread tee times between you know 9:30 and and 3:30 and try to do socially distant you know um, dining and all of that. So it's it. It, it was challenging, but but you know it, it's important to us not just because um, you know of course it's an important source of revenue, but it's also because a lot of these golf outings are longtime partners. They're mostly charities, and you know they they still have to raise money. They still have you know um, 
to make their 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 goals happen. So we we were happy to be partners with them and and help them um, raise the funds that they needed. You know, for twenty twenty. So important, such such an so, important piece of yeah. of all of this. Um, so I'm I'm curious, what's uh, the signature dish at uh, Wingfoot, and do you have any you know uh, special uh, drinks? I know I think um, the I think Memorial is known for their milkshakes. Um, you know, is there anything that uh, is is the signature at Wingfoot? As far as food, I think we are very versatile. One of the things that's been iconic for years, and the chef is not going to like me for this, but I have to say it because everybody knows Wingfoot for their lentil soup. Oh, lentil and soup. It, yeah, it's not something that, that, you know, it's extremely extravagant or gourmet, but it's something that is, you know, when, when you come and play golf on those, you know, colder October days or September days. I like know those morning, well. You come in and you have a bowl of that soup and it just warms your belly and your heart and, and it just makes you feel better. Um, and then as beverages, I would think we are a big transfusion crowd. Ooh. We are we are one of the biggest consumers of grape juice in Westchester County. So that's, that's an interesting fact. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I know uh, I, used to, I used to run a tournament before I left New York and uh, it was... Uh, it was in early November, and I'm from upstate Rochester, and um, we called it the Kahlua and uh, Coffee Media Classic. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that and, sounds uh, good. Sometimes we were, you know, playing through uh, through uh, dustings of snow, but um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, so um, uh, what uh, at, at the at the end of this, do you uh, do you? you know, have your own fan favorites um, uh, that you're rooting for, Lily? And any, uh, can you give my listeners your inside pick for the U.S. Open? Well, you know, we... we no we, pressure. Really, no, no pressure. I, I think uh, um, there, there is a lot of great candidates. I think Dustin Johnson has a, a has a great chance of, of winning. He, he's looking really strong and pretty solid. Um, personally, I like Justin Thomas. You know, he's, you know, one of my favorites. So I would love to see him, um, you know, take the trophy home. And uh, honestly, I would not be disappointed if, if uh, our defending champion takes, takes the trophy back as well. He's, uh, Gary has been um, terrific. It's been so great to see him here. I'll tell you a quick story about Gary. He arrived last Thursday, I believe, and he came he actually brought um, the U.S. Open trophy to our grounds maintenance department and brought it in to see the volunteers and, and all our, our main, uh, main staff. And, and, of course, everybody was so excited to see him, so we spoke to them briefly. So we're going to be forever grateful to, you know, for, to him. Great guy. And, uh, great guy. And, and such, such, you know, it, it really – was meaningful that he took a minute of his day to come and thank these guys that with, without them, this would not happen. Mm. And, you know, I, I, they get very little credit when they should take all the credit for, for everything that's happening this week. Love it. Great, great story. Well, I so appreciate Lily, you spending some time. Um, I know uh, you have just got to be so, so busy and I am definitely taking you up on that offer for a visit. Um, and, uh, I'm I'm uh, I will definitely test out some of the soup for sure. I'm I'm a I'm a lentil soup fan. So that and that and that and a good bowl of chili keeps me happy. There we go. I would love to have you here, Holly, anytime. 
All right, Lily Braswell, Director of Operations for Wingfoot. Have a fantastic four days, and we look forward to seeing who's going to raise that uh, big trophy on Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you, Holly. Take care.